Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are joined by Middle Tennessee State men's tennis head coach Jimmy Borendame to discuss his team's prolific start to the 2022 season. Of course, you look at the Middle Tennessee men right now. They are top 25 in the ITA computer rankings, top 25 in the USTA Tennis Channel poll, and I would say top 25 in our Cracked Rackets rankings as well. Simply put, they have had an exceptional start to their 2022 campaign, and of course, on today's show. We want to explore the mechanics of that start, talk about all the individual outstanding performances we see from Coach Borendame's team. I also wanted to talk to Coach about the way he has built his program at Middle Tennessee, building a winning culture that they have sustained now over the course of multiple seasons, but even beyond that, generating the community buy-in that he has. If you look at the crowds at a Middle Tennessee match, you will see they are always full, and to be able to do that at any level of of the sport immensely impressive I want to explore how coach Borndame is able to do just that and of course we have plenty of fun with him as well run him through our usual gauntlet of questions for college coaches questions such as should the 500 rule remain in place what should we do with the NCAA individual tournament are there better ways for us to format college tennis to better engage the tennis loving community we talk about all of that and more I do have to offer a couple of notes before we get to today's show A, worth noting, we recorded this podcast about 10 days ago. Do apologize for the delay in this release. If you listen to any of our other podcasts, you will be aware of the fact we had some technical difficulties here at Cracked Rackets over the past 10 days. My laptop now kaput, unfortunately no longer working for me. It gave me four and a half years of service. I will forever be grateful to it, but as such, we had a delay in being able to record this intro-outro, a delay in being able to release this podcast. You will also hear at the end of this podcast, not the greatest audio on my end. I do apologize for that fact. Again, that was part of the problem with the laptop. The laptop now kaputs. We have upgraded equipment here at CR, but of course this podcast was impacted by the prior equipment. I do apologize for the audio quality at the end. If you feel obliged to skip, I think it's the last 15 minutes of the show. I can understand why that said there were really good first 45, really good first 50 that we thought would be worth Uh, putting to all of your listeners' ears. So with that said, going to get to my conversation with Middle Tennessee State men's tennis head coach Jimmy Borendame. Of course, the last thing I have to do before we get to that conversation is give a massive shout out to our new sponsors here on the Cracked Interviews podcast. That, of course, is our friends at Swing Vision. For those of you unaware of what Swing Vision is, it's an app you can download on your phone. It is automated technology for your tennis game, the best in artificial intelligence in tennis right now. Simply put, you download the app, you set up your phone on the back curtain, on the back fence. Whenever you are playing, you hit the record button, and Swing Vision is going to break down your game for you. They're going to show you all the makes, all the misses, the things you need to get better at in your own game. You can break it down all on your phone. You can learn more about our friends on Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast when you inevitably do download it and sign up for a pro account. What you're going to do is use our promo code CRACK20. Not only will you get a $20 discount, you'll get a free 14-day pro trial. Again, artificial intelligence for your tennis. You don't have time to get a private lesson. You don't have time to hit all the time. When you do, you got to be efficient about it so you can continue to get better. That's what our friends at Swing Vision will help you do. Again, learn more about them by clicking on the link 
in the description to this podcast. With all of that said, it's time to get to it. Here is my conversation with Middle Tennessee men's tennis head coach, Jimmy Borendame. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is a man you may know best as the one-time school record holder in career doubles victories at Butler. Of course, now we know him as the head coach of the Middle Tennessee men's tennis team. Welcome to the show, Coach Jimmy Borendame. Coach, fresh off of a blue-gray title, you have to be feeling good. How are you doing tonight, though? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It is my pleasure. And, you know, again, I want to get into your playing career. I want to get into the background, but let's start with the most pressing result. And obviously, it's been a good season for your team overall. You look at the record at this point of the year, you guys, I believe, 14-3 and to date. Uh, But most impressively, you guys head to Alabama this past weekend. You get three really good wins at the Blue-Gray Classic, 4-1 over Tulane, 4-0 over Arizona, 4-1 over Princeton, you know, more broadly, obviously, want to know what's clicking for you guys this season throughout this show, but let's focus in on that weekend first. What worked so well for your team over the past couple of days? Well, I mean, uh, you know, we finished up last weekend with some good momentum, you know, with a win over Auburn and then uh, the road win at Michigan State, which I know you'll be happy about uh, being the big blue fan that you are. Um, and so, and uh, at the same time, everybody's healthy. So, um the guys are playing well, but, you know, really going into the tournament, <clears throat> we knew we've been playing really good doubles. Um, you said our record is 14 and three. And uh, so let's see, we've, what, we've only lost one doubles point. We're 16 out of 17 doubles points. And that one point we lost to Notre Dame and we had multiple match points on two different courts and we lost it. But, um, you know, so uh, Ozzy getting healthy, Pavel's firing, you know, just kind of going to the tournament thinking, hey, you know, we're, we're starting to click at, at all those spots. And so that was exciting. But at the same time, on the flip side, you know, we hadn't we hadn't gotten many. We actually had gotten two or three days outside. So going into the blue gray, I mean, they play they play outside if it's 20, 20 degrees, 25 degrees, 20 miles per hour wind. I mean, you're going into it. You're going outside. I mean, you bring your long underwear and, and you go to battle. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, absolutely. And again, you look for the team throughout the course of the weekend that you guys go 12-2 and two overall in points. You know, I think that speaks to the quality that you guys are playing. I'm curious, and I know, you know, I think this weekend you had, what, five seniors starting or fifth years in the singles lineup. But you look at your roster, it's all seniors, it's all freshmen. And obviously, you know, you look, you get a big contribution uh, from the freshmen over the course of the weekend as well. Is that weird? Does it feel at all, at all like you're coaching two different teams right now? <laughs> you know, um, uh, we're really lucky. I mean, you know, we've got we've got those three seniors and then those two super seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got all three of those seniors coming back next year um, that are playing phenomenal tennis. And then, yeah, you know, like you said, it, it is, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I've got this really mature group that that knows and kind of like extra extra assistant coaches on the team. I mean, even today at practice, they're 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 chiming in and telling some of the freshmen a couple of things. I don't even need to speak up. They just kind of handle their business and go ahead and coach them up. And 
and then the freshmen, you know, I'm trying to get them so many more reps and it, it's, it's tough. I really want to get them some more match play, but um, you know, they're getting better. So um, it is an interesting divide. I mean, I think our, the gap, there's like, I've got 24 year olds <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I got these eight guys actually, I think they all just turned 19. So um, it's a pretty big gap. Yeah, now that's a fun group. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, there are probably times when you're like, "All right, I'm going to take today off." You guys got the coaching, and you know, in particular, <laughs> the, those top three. Uh, you look at Stein, Francisco, and Chris, and what they were able to do this weekend. I believe in their nine total matches, they go what seven, one and one in those nine singles matches in total. You know, the one loss I think uh, coming that last day for Princeton, and they have one not finished. But to get that from your top three. I mean, I know you have veterans, right, throughout the lineup, and I feel like you probably feel pretty good. I'm projecting a bit here, but about your, the way you guys can compete everywhere. But to take, you know, a 7-1-1 one, one weekend against all top 40 quality opponents, what does that say about the seniors at the top of your lineup? Yeah, I mean, they, they were phenomenal. I mean, and, and, you know, you didn't even bring up Hollis uh, at number four who didn't lose a match the whole weekend and was MVP of the tournament, so – you know, everywhere you kind of looked, there were there were great performances. You know, it's like, did we play? But did every guy play their best? You know, they didn't. So there's a lot of room for growth there. And um, you know, uh, there were some great, some really strong performances. But yeah, that top three, you know, they were they were they were heavy hitters. And you know, it's not like they were playing slouches this weekend. So um, especially that you know, it started really started strong with the win over Tulane. You know. Uh, Boris and Tulane last year kind of ended up, they ended our season at NCAAs. It was four zero and it kind of left everybody a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth, you know, being a three losing to the two and losing, you know, four zero. Um, so, you know, they just instilled a little bit more belief going into the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Well, you beat me to the Hollis question because, you know, I think we knew as a college tennis community, you know, last season you guys go, what, 17-8 and eight overall and you win the conference and, you know, this group has members that were part of conference winning teams 2019. I should have said, by the way, back-to-back-to-back Conference USA Coach of the Year here on the line. You know, we're talking with royalty. Come on. You know, how many people have won it back-to-back-to-back? I can't imagine many. Uh, but you look for Hollis, who at one point was, you know, 3-6 and six overall in this dual match season in singles. And now he's won four in a row. And, you know, again, for him to win three consecutive at the fourth spot uh, to get the win he got against Arizona as well, just such a decisive victory in that match against a really talented freshman in Colton Smith, which, again, is what you want out of your senior, right? You see senior versus freshman on paper. You think, okay, let's step up at this spot. I guess the broader question here is looking at the team, I think we knew what we had at the top three. But depth is the name of the game. Do you have that depth this season? Yeah, I mean, I believe we do. I mean, Holis obviously showed us this weekend, uh, you know, this fall, he stepped up, you know, he beat Hamish Stewart, who's yeah. a phenomenal player. Um, and we've we've seen glimmers of it from, from Steve. Uh, he was in a tough situation where, you know, he got COVID uh, over break and, and Czech Republic was out for 14 days, not hitting any balls and we kind of knew he was going to come back. And then Pavel Modal was injured all winter break, you know, and uh, I call him my, he's our check, my check assassin. You know, he just basically, <laughs> he, he just basically wins for me and takes people out. And, um, you know, he, he didn't hit a ball until the day before we played Butler. 
and then we put him in and you throw him the guy hasn't played tennis in eight weeks and you throw him in the fire against you know a pretty decent butler team that that beat indiana last week uh mississippi state georgia tech ball state and then you know the gauntlet of 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 a number of other teams and he really didn't have much time to to acclimate so um you know and then Ozzy Brostrom, you know, kind of in there at five and six, um, you know, he's, he's, he's quite a player. So uh, he's just kind of coming on, but then he got injured. So having all those things kind of come together, those guys get more matches under their belt, uh, a little bit of confidence and uh, that, that depth there. I didn't even mention the other freshmen. Uh, John Chin came up big against Virginia Tech, filling in while Ozzy was injured. Um, you know, he's a hustler. He, he's a bulldog so um yeah there's 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 more good pieces on there as well and you know knock on wood you hope nobody gets injured but you know you, you got to be ready and have somebody on the uh, ready to jump in there you brought up butler you played them this season your alma mater for the first time since i think the two schools played in 92 which was i want to say the only time the two schools have played prior to this year at least that was what i looked at you can correct me if i'm wrong here but is that something that's going to stay on the schedule is that something you enjoyed you know um you know i'm a bulldog you know for life um but you know it was kind of cool sam and i we were going to try and play last year and some some stuff came up um you know and i I always want to see them do well i mean i I'm pulling for them all the time, uh, unless they're playing against us. So uh, <laughs> that that was really cool, you know. And then uh, my coach Jason Sush is now at IUPUI, and, and and we got to see him. And um, you know, yeah, I mean, that program instilled in me, you know, my passion for college tennis. And um, you know, it's just my career has just gone gone from there. So it's 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 huge. I don't know. I haven't reached out to Sam to see if he wants to play again or not, but. Um, you know, we'd be always up for it. Yeah, no, I, I imagine it's a little bittersweet, yeah, to, to beat your school at the same time. Had to have been fun to play. Uh, you know, again, I want to talk about your team, and I want to get back to doubles in a second, but looking at this blue-gray, I mean, we can talk realistically, I think, and what it does for your team from a rankings perspective. I believe in the latest computer projections, you guys are at 16, and not meant to be disrespectful to the conference at all, but you're not going to have the top 40 sort of matchups week in, week out, match in, match out, like you had this weekend to get the win over, you know, in particular, number 19 Arizona at the time, and, you know, top 50 teams in Tulane and Princeton. Is that something you're thinking about going into the weekend as coach? Do you allow yourself to think like, okay, from a seeding perspective, this is a massive opportunity for us? You know, um, I actually don't talk about the rankings at all. I mean, I drive Coach Kelly a little crazy because he's <laughs> he's on your website, and, and Chris, you know, Chris, Chris uh, has come down, and he's actually, you know, speaking of that, you know, he's come down to to Murfreesboro and seen the ATC and the big production. We went to lunch and stuff like that, and you know, we haven't we haven't quite gotten you to come down. <laughs> well, uh, just again, yet. I so, think uh, I don't think you, know, you want me there. That's when the program turns for the worse. Look at you know, again, it's a track record for me. I don't know. I mean, you know, I buy I buy I buy everybody's first beer. So <laughs> Okay. I mean, uh, That's a turnaround. Like, Hold know, on. Let me know, just see. So, how's you know, how's March third? Um yeah, two days from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, um 
you know, I, I literally look at each team, you know, the next team, like I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm focused on Oklahoma state, you know, I, I, you know, do I, when I'm researching them and trying to get ready for them? Yeah. I'll look, I'll look at their, their, their ranking, how they've been doing, who they've played against, uh, you know, check out their lineups and whatnot, but I really don't wrap up, get myself wrapped up in rankings. I don't talk about the rankings at all with the team. Uh, I stay away from Chris, Chris's website. I don't track the other teams in my conference. Um, I literally look at who we've got next, check them out, and, you know, chase Rocco around baseball fields and, and karate and the little girl at swimming stuff just because I, I get way too um, obsessed with what everybody else is doing. And I've gotten to the point where, like, I don't care what they're doing and uh, just focus on, on what we need to do for the next match and, and what the other team that we're getting ready to play for. So I don't, um, you know, I, I, in my opinion, I loaded the schedule, uh, I think, pretty strong. Um, you know, our next couple matches, Oklahoma State, South Florida, you know, then we have Tennessee Tech, who's, 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 who's been struggling, but they're, they're, they're actually good. They're, they are, they're good. Um, they haven't gotten the wins just yet, but they're, they're a deep team. Um uh, Bellarmine and then Texas Tech. I mean, it's you know it's it's Power Five laden with uh, with good teams, and then Tulsa and Wichita State are in there. I I, I think uh, SMU and Rice are always good. So, you know, the plan was to just make sure we had a good opportunity every week, um, you know, and 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 let the let the the pieces fall where they go. Yeah, and so. uh, I, no, it's a fair answer. It's the answer I'm sure the athletic department media. Sec, you know, section wants to hear. They're like, that's a great answer, Coach. Like, Perfect. Um, but, you know, you talk about loading the schedule. And again, you know, we did a Power 5 interview series this offseason. You guys are a non-Power 5 team. And I'm sure you noticed SMU beats Texas A&M, you know, this past weekend. And obviously Memphis has had some outstanding results. And they're right there always in the mix throughout the course of the year. That said, you talk about loading your schedule. Maybe it's not from a rankings perspective, but anecdotally, I assume you're going after Power 5 schools, right? And I'm curious, how difficult has it been for you? This is, you know, closing in on a decade, if not a decade now, just over at uh, Middle Tennessee. How difficult is was it for you, is it for you, to get your foot in the door and convince, you know, I'm sure, an uh, invite into blue-gray, I mean, you guys should get into that field, I think, every year. But, you know, to convince some schools, hey— Come play us, or hey, we want to come play you. How difficult is that conversation? Yeah, it's it's very difficult. I mean, uh, to be honest, it's it's frustrating. Um, you know, with CUSA, we don't have a set schedule, so I have to I have to schedule all twenty one dates. Yeah. You know, um, I'm done with twenty twenty three. I'm knocking out twenty twenty four. You know, and then I've kind of got my, uh, you know. <laughs> I can't. I can't call the, the name that I call it on on your podcast. <laughs> but let's just go ahead and say the bleep list of schools that that refuse to play me either at all. And then there's kind of like the half bleep list, which will only play me at their place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the the guys that I think are are bold and willing to play me home and away. And um, you know, I. I you know, I respect those guys, um, you know, and it's taken years. It's taken years. I mean, I begged the blue gray for years to get me in that event. And, and, you know, now we're, now we're in there and, and, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel confident that we do a great job there. So, um, also with the, with the, the amazing, 
uh, tournament staff that runs that event, you know, that, and we, 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 um, we really do a good job there and, um, with the families and whatnot. And so, yeah, it's taken a while. I mean, uh, to get to, to this point. So uh, I'm happy where it's at and I, I just, I want to keep building it and, and provide those opportunities to guys. But I really value having the home match. And sometimes that bites me in the book uh, and, you know, bites me in the butt. You know, you look at Paul Goble's schedule at Memphis. I mean, I think they have two home matches the whole year. Yeah. You know, he doesn't care. He just wants to play at the best teams and he's willing to go there every single time. You know, I'm I'm a little bit more stubborn. Uh, you know, I want to reciprocate because, you know, we have we have a great place to play and and it's a great home home uh, environment. Mm-hmm. No, again, I will get to the ATC. That's my promise to you. I'm just, <laughs> as you can see, I'm not a Southern man. I'm a man of the Midwest, very very through and through. Um, but Me too. yeah, Me yeah, too. yeah, transplant as I know, the Virginia Tech match on your schedule and i know you've played that a couple of years now i assume that sticks around and i know you were coached there for five years getting your foot in the door there i imagine that helps but you know again it, it's i'm curious if it's almost more frustrating trying to put the schedule together than it might be at times recruiting like i feel like you feel pretty comfortable it's it's pretty easy you know when you're selling recruits you're selling yourself and at a certain extent i know it's out of your hands but you leave it all on the table you know, sometimes I feel like the fact that you have to recruit coaches to convince them to play the match, like, I imagine that's where it gets frustrating. And, yeah, like, at the same time, you know, it's pretty not – I mean, it's embarrassing is the wrong word, but you don't want to go on the road to Middle Tennessee and lose. And it's a possibility now. And so I, I guess, again, I don't know if there was a question there. I feel like – and by the way, I forgot to remind you beforehand – Feel free to swear at me. We'll quack it out with a sound effect. Uh, but I imagine sometimes scheduling is more frustrating than recruiting for you. Yeah, you know, I, I put a big priority on it. I mean, recruiting is a is a is a, another animal, you know, as well. You know, just because we, you know, uh, it drives me crazy. Uh, you know, other coaches with the negative recruiting and and the you know non power fives stuff, uh, and then. You know, uh, so that that part. But, yeah, the scheduling, the scheduling to me, uh, it, it really takes a priority. I mean, I, I, I circle these Friday night matches and I, I feel confident going in. You know, I've got the support from my administration. We, 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 we do the, all the umpires. We get we blow up the promotions, as you said. But, um, you know, if they if they don't want to reciprocate or. You know, in some cases, schools say, well, you know, three times at our place and one time at our my place. And, oh, I mean, I'm like, well, you know, OK. Uh, so I've got to kind of weigh those decisions. Mm-hmm. And then now we're, you know, we're lucky we're, we're spoiled with our school airplane where we can travel to matches. You know, we, you know, but we got teams that are within three, three, four hours that won't play us. And, you know, this weekend we're flying to Stillwater to go play you know, a good team, but it's, it's pretty far away. And so sometimes financially, you know, you start to scratch your head. You're like, why are we not playing that team? You know, like, you know, an hour and a half or two hour or 45 minutes away. I mean, it's so, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. The front, the, the, the other hard part is, is then there's so many logistical issues, you know, yeah. all the other conferences play these regular season schedules, except the AAC and then, uh, you know, the SEC, you know, they already got battles on every Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I try to convince them, you know, let's play a Wednesday night match and let's get a ton of people out there. 
you know, so, they still don't want to, still don't want to do that. Well, I want to hop in here if I can, and I apologize for cutting you off, but no. you talk about again. Friday, Sundays, and yeah, the 13 of the dates for the SEC booked because you're playing all of your SEC opponents. You talk about a a Tuesday match and a Wednesday match, and my buddy, John Parsons, friend of the program here, uh, got in a little bit of a brouhaha, I suppose, today with the USC-UCLA coaches for bringing up the idea that they're playing that match at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. And I do Mm. think anecdotally, why would you play a match like that 3 p.m. on a Tuesday when you could play at 3 p.m. on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, especially logistically with how easy it is with those two schools. At the same time, the schedule is the schedule. you got to fit in those matches where you can fit them in. You right. talk about getting crowds out. I know you guys have had you know, hundreds of people at the ATC, and I mean it's a you know, five-plus million-dollar facility. It's gorgeous. There's a reason people keep coming to your matches how do you look at that from a scheduling perspective? Is that something you think about as well as how are we going to put this at a date to optimize and maximize the fans we can have here? 100%. I mean, all the time. I mean, you know, uh, Rodrigo and I over at Louisville, you know, the plan was to try to play on Wednesday nights at 5 o'clock. I mean, you know, get a bunch of people out there, and, you know, and we've pivoted a little bit and moved it to Fridays at 5 and you know, he, you know, that's a good one. You know, we went to grad school together and we're, we're, we're great friends and, um, you know, three hours away, both good programs. And he, he doesn't care that we don't have that power five, t- you know, title to us or whatever you want to call it. And, um, yeah, we both want to get, you know, people out to our matches. And so, yeah, the time, you know, the day, you know, if we can get it outside, you know, we'll, we'll try and do that, whatever we think is possibly better for to get a better crowd. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for, for college tennis. I mean, I, I think a three o'clock on a Tuesday is a, is a rough one way. Why not play that one at five o'clock, uh-huh, you know, sure. get a ton of people out there and, 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 uh, and, you know, get after it. So, so do you like um, Monday better than a Friday or not Monday, but Tuesday, let's say, is it easier in your opinion? And again, this might be a stupid question. Feel free to tell me if it is. Is it easier to get people on a Tuesday than it would be a Friday or a Sunday simply because you're just not competing with as many other things? So, so the, where I started to get to the Friday and Sunday deal was men's basketball here and especially you know this year we're great again you know we won the we won the CUSA East division title and Nick McDennett our basketball coach huge tennis player guy he follows he follows college tennis he he follows your podcast <laughs> and uh they play Thursday Saturday mm-hmm. and you know he can't get out to the matches and all of our a lot of our fans are, are going to the basketball games and so I started to figure out all right Friday's my night okay let's get that going next thing you know uh, my Friday beer group of buddies that we all hang out at Friday at four. We're like, you know, we need to take we need to take the beer night over to the, to the ATC. And <laughs> sure. next thing you know, it's you know you got twenty five of my buddy buddies hanging out at the match. And I mean, we're you know we're selling out of beer and wine at the match, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of turned out great. Sunday's a little tougher one. You know, here we're down here in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, you know, you know. Everybody goes out to, for lunch after uh, or brunch or whatever you want to call it after church, and you know you're not going to get a soul until after one o'clock. So you know you just got to think. In my opinion, I'm very I try to be, I mean, strategic yeah. uh, with with all this because um, 
you know, uh, I, I want, I want to get people out of the matches and maybe, maybe too much, maybe, uh, to a degree, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a priority for me to try to figure out if I can get somebody to come on Friday at five, if I can help them with some hotel costs since they got to spend the extra night, Sure, you know, you know, we'll do it. Yeah. Hey, um, it's working. So. I mean, clearly you, you look at the crowds you guys are able to bring in and, you know, again, you were able to raise $2.2 million for the Adams Tennis Complex, the ATC that we're referring to. 3.2. Oh, 3.2. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Website. Sorry, those I... listening, update the website. It says 2.2. 3.2, which that much more impressive, to which I asked the question, how? Uh, you know, what does it take to get that sort of buy-in? What does it take to build that sort of community, particularly, again, when, with all due respect, you don't have the Michigan alumni hundreds of thousands of people to call on and it's not a yeah. massive state school 3.2 is a ridiculous number yeah i mean and then we were we just announced the new 4.8 million dollar new outdoor center that we raised the money for which is breaking ground in july mm-hmm. so um but yeah you know murfreesboro for the indoor like everything really aligned nicely mm-hmm. uh there were no indoor courts in in murfreesboro in order to play indoor tennis, you had to drive to Nashville. And so for five years, I drove this little short bus <laughs> every day for 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back. And, you know, I put my ear pods in and, and the whole time I drive there and back, I, I made calls to cultivate uh, alumni and, and supporters to tell them about the project. And then when we partnered with the city for the other three million, it was it was it was it was just a perfect fit. Um, because they wanted to do more courts and we, we use it as a community hub mm-hmm. in which the, the, the public can play there. We have priority on the indoor and then our times and slots and whatnot. And the place is packed. I mean, you can't get a court right now. Um, you know, we're looking to possibly expand the indoor and add more indoor courts. And, um, you know, it's 24 outdoor courts and eight indoor courts. It's the largest tennis center in the state of Tennessee. Uh, tennis complex in the in the state of Tennessee and you know it's just you know we're crossing paths with the players and they're with the, the locals before practice after practice all the time and it's it's just like a perfect storm um, and then you know what's odd about it is here we are five years after the indoor we raised all the money for the indoor and built the indoor and now I'm going back to almost all the same people to raise $4.8 million for the new outdoor tennis complex, which is going to be on campus and it's just outdoor. And um, yeah, we've just, we've just been able to cultivate the community and um, you know, the support and the alumni have just come out of the woodworks to, to really, you know, help drive this home because we make, you know, we're kind of really intertwined with the community and, and, and everything. And part of that is because maybe I do try to push everything around the matches and get to try to get people out there. And, and it's taken notice and all the community service that we do, you know, 300 plus hours per year. And, um, yeah, you know, we've, we've, we've got a pretty loyal fan base, which is cool. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Yeah, no, it's extraordinarily impressive, and I do think everyone around the country has noticed. And all I'm going to ask next is, when are we getting the Kellogg's Murfreesboro Challenger? Like, that's what, two years away? <laughs> yeah, the, the Kellogg's Pop-Tart uh, <laughs> match. Uh, exactly. You followed that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, a lot of people are really disappointed. My uh, my guy, Mike, he, he retired Okay. From Kellogg's, he'd won like the Golden K Award for <laughs> sales for like I don't know how many years in a row, and and uh, man, he would hook us up. I mean, people would, and then Tony the Tiger would come. I mean, it was <laughs> it was awesome. Um, you know, people, <laughs> everyone's always a little interested to see like what you know, what am I going to try to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the with the matches, you know, uh, we've got we've got a couple coming up. And because the Adams Tennis Complex is, you know, just off campus and it's a partnership with the city, we're able to do some, some more things that other complexes are not, such as to sell the alcohol and sell the wine. And then, I mean, um, all these different little odd, odds and ends things that we do, you know, and, and I know people are, are, it's great coming up in the tennis center. You know, why don't we have another home match till March 13th, you know, and what's the promotion what are you gonna do and i you know i'm like you know I, that's cool you know people are, <laughs> are 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 pushing me to find out like wh- what are we gonna get free at the match you know <laughs> and uh, um you know it's it uh i'm a little bit you know uh my buddy called me the don king of tennis and so <laughs> I, I, I started putting that on the on a, on a hashtag and, yeah put that on know, the twitter I, bio yeah yeah, I, 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 I get it. I get a kick out of it. I don't know. In another life, I must have been like a, a marketer of some sort. Of, um, oh. But um, and if I know, come so back in another cool. life, I'm going to be Joey Chestnut 2.0. Just like, but the <laughs> but the Reese's version, where I'm just slugging Reese's cups and people are paying me these record fees. Um, but no, it, it's so fascinating to hear that. And again, you know, talking to all the Power Five coaches, we talked about the importance of getting the community to buy in, and I think you've pretty clearly expressed how you guys are able to do that let me do it on the flip side now as it relates to recruiting 
it's as simple as I mean, this is again a simplification of it. Do you feel like if you can get someone on campus, if you can show them that environment, you have them? Is that the toughest mm. part for you in the recruiting aspect? Is actually getting them on campus and past the sticker shock of it's not a power five school? You know, talk to me about the recruiting process because obviously you've gotten some guys to buy in now to this program. Yeah, you know, um, interesting enough, uh, we actually don't bring we don't bring anybody on campus. Okay, um, I'm 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 probably you know a little. You know, my assistants all think I'm crazy, you know, but before COVID, I, I would go and, and, and I was taking, you know, three, four trips to Europe a year, you know, making my family crazy and, and whatnot. But, you know, and I would I would go meet with them at, at their, you know, uh, wherever they're from, you know, and from time to time, a guy would, you know, say, hey, I want to come. Yes. But, um, you know, so so we've just, you know. it's interesting to see how it comes and goes. I mean, after we won in 2019, I thought, all right, recruiting is going to start going way better. Like I'm not going to have to hustle and shake, shake every tree and look under every rock for some of these kids. Like they're going to start coming. We went 0 for 17 (laughs) in recruiting the year after we won. And I thought, what the heck is, you know, what's going on? And, and um, you know, and then last year, you know, we got like our first three kids we offered. And so, you know, we picked up um, Ozzy right away, and you know, this year we did it with the first guy. You no, know, um, we were we, we offered two guys, and we, we landed Horak, who's a really good piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been he's been doing really well. So it's 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 been interesting to see, and I haven't really figured out like you know, I'm always constantly tweaking what I'm doing and and what what approach I'm taking to different guys. But um, you know, the big thing, I, I guess I'm. You know, obviously, we always want good tennis players, but I, uh, our, we had an old basketball coach here named Kermit Davis. He's now big time at Ole Miss, and you know, he he kind of coached me up, and he said, you know, I was always looking for the best tennis player I could possibly find, and then I realized that, you know, he said he needed a certain type of kid that really gelled with him and his system, and so I, I did a lot of self uh reflection on like all right what kind of kid works well with me i kind of i coached the team a little bit like a baseball team sure. um which goes back to my baseball reference and you know and 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 then i realized man i'm i spend so much time with these kids i really want them to be a really good kid like i, I want to spend time with them and um that really resonated with me and, and in 2015 I, I really like switched up all the recruiting to really focus on you know coachable kids kids that I really want to spend time with and kind of ran it from ran from there mm-hmm. and so I don't know I think I ranted a little too long on you Alex no but, not um, at all this maybe. is what I was looking for because you know you look for you guys top 10 mid-major classes in five of the last seven years and you know top 25 class in 2016 number 20 class in 2018 and receiving votes obviously the past Ooh. three seasons as well you know, I hate that. I hate that mid-major. Yeah, <laughs> that little, that little uh, category. That, uh, whatever you want. Well, to again, call it speaks it. Yeah. to how, again, the success you guys have had. Just regardless of level, you guys are in the mix now with everyone. And you know, with that in mind, and I'm not going to ask you to give away the secret, but give me the pitch. Why should I come down? You know, ride with your team moving forward. Obviously, <laughs> I'll, I'll, the free beer helps me. But let's say I'm not twenty. <laughs> you know, let's say I'm still eighteen. 
Yeah, you know, um, itch. Uh, you know, I you hope that maybe that you know they like my haircut, you know, and my, <laughs> my style. But you know, it usually doesn't come down to that. But you know, um, yeah, you know, I I think the other thing that we've done is uh, I really focus on the fact that how much our guys have improved. Mm-hmm. I mean, Francisco Roca came to us. He was below an eleven UTR. Mm-hmm. I found the kid by accident. Um, I was in I was in Europe, and I was actually supposed to fly to Oxford to go see Tad McLean, mm-hmm. that went to Auburn, became a national cha- uh, national runner up last year, and my flight was canceled. And I was stuck in Porto, Portugal, mm-hmm. so I called up the local pro, uh, Coach Maia, who Nuno Borges, so hello, Chris will be excited about that, yeah. played for and. Uh, <laughs> I said, hey, I'm stuck in Porto. Round up, can you round up as many guys as you can for me to watch since I'm, I'm here for another night? And here comes this kid, this big, taller, athletic kid, and big smile on his face. And he's just like, literally, like every word I say, he's just following me around like, 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 like a little puppy dog. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this kid, this, I love this kid, you know? And, and um, you know, the kid decides to come play for us. And, Kid's gone from below an 11 UTR, didn't play his freshman year, played a little doubles. His sophomore year, he plays five. Then last year, he moves all the way up to number one. He's top 50 in the country, makes NCAAs. This year, the kid's getting ATP points. He's winning rounds in futures and main draws and a main draw of All-American and and, and uh, Stein Slump, same kind of story. And, and, and so, you know, I, I really push that. I have a phenomenal assistant coach and Coach Cali. You know, we, we, we really kind of talk about, hey, you know, if you love tennis, we, you know, we are going to try and maximize your tennis to as, as, as strong, you know, as you can possibly be. But not, not only just as a tennis player, but uh, your character and, and how much we're going to do with community service and, you know, the, the, the role that you're going to play as, as, you know, a community leader and how we're going to give back. And then we reciprocate that. The, the community reciprocates that and comes out to our matches and, I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't like playing in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I love coaching in front of a crowd. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 electric, um, this feeling. And, um, you know, obviously I, I, I chase the guys like crazy. I mean, midterm grades are supposed to come out next week, and anybody that gets a B, like, you know they're getting a phone call from me, and they're like, <laughs> why the hell do we have a B? I mean, we, I want that A. And so – the parents kind of like, wow, you know, he's, he's pushing my kid tennis-wise. He's providing him a great experience. We're flying around the states in our school private airplane. You know, he's raising money. We're getting brand. We're going to be one of the few schools in the country here with eleven million dollars in new tennis facilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's going to help my make my kid. You know, a, a strong character kid. He's going to coach him hard. And, um, you know, we play a great schedule. So it's like, I mean, what don't we have that any power five team, you know, uh, you know, what don't, what, where's the, where's the weakness? Um, you know, you can go to a power five team and we've got a couple power five teams we've gone to and there's not even 10 people there. Um, so, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's a big long pitch, but, 
Um, I'm in again. I did, I did mention. Third. I did mention the, the hair. Haircut. You know, I once yeah, asked so. my dad. So you know, once you, I feel like once. Yeah, sorry, we're gonna get off topic here for a second. I, um, you know, once you're, well. See, I would say no longer financially dependent. He would say, Alex, are you sure about that? And I would say, shut up. <laughs> um, but once you're no longer day in, day out decisions, financial dependent to everything from your parents, obviously you enter a new stage of the relationship. And that friendship stage is extraordinarily fun. But every so often as an adult, 26 years old, you still need to be parented. And so, you know, I do all these interviews with a hat that's indicative of I'm not letting any of you see the top of my head right now. And I once asked my dad, I was like, Dad, it's probably the last non-I-have-children-now related piece of fatherly advice I need from you. And he was like, okay, go ahead. I was like, when did you know you were bald? I was like, when did you know it was time? Like, maybe I should start (laughs) shaving the head or like maybe it's just time to just embrace that fact. And just nothing from him. He was like, I don't want to talk about that. I was like, this is the last thing I need from you. I was like, come on. This is a final stand here. And so I will say, you rock the shaved head well. Well, yeah. I mean, I like to tease the kids. I'm like, you know, you you, you hit that damn forehand one more time down the line. Wrong ball. And I, I mean, look, I just lost this chunk right here. <laughs> you know? And the kids laugh. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little goofy like that. You know, I'm like... I'm like, yeah, you know, good thing your dad's a doctor because, you know, I'm going to call his ass up and send him a bill for a cardiologist or whatever, you know, ed, uh, you know, uh, with Edge or whoever on the team. So, um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. No advice there. I mean, I, I started buzzing this thing and I don't know. I think I was in college yeah. and, uh, yeah. It's a smart move. It. You got ahead I mean, of it. See, that's know, what if I you could. Gotta, you got to. You got the beard going there. I know. So, you know that's you just laziness. That. I know. It, it's – look, and it's laziness and I suppose decent genes. Um, <laughs> no, this connecting the uh, the Nile River Delta where Moses and his people crossed, that is new. Yeah, that little thing right there used to just be a let my people go sort of instance and now it's a little connected. Um, see, that was a good tangent. It was worth yeah. it. Um, no, again, with all that said, I don't know how we're going to get that serious here. I guess we'll try. Um, you look at your roster, it, it's all international. And I think the introduction of international players with even more frequency into college tennis is why the sport is as good as it is now. It's why it's as deep it is, as it is now. Without giving away all of the secrets, where do you find the gems? So you offer that Roca story mm-hmm. and, like, again, you found him at a club in Portugal because your flight got canceled. Is that how mm. it works? Like, and I'm thinking over these past couple of mm. years with COVID, it's like everyone looks good on the live stream. I'll send you a backhand after this eye hit, and you'll be like, "Do you have a year of eligibility yet left?" And I'll be like, "Kind of." <laughs> uh, but it's just like, how uh, di- you know, where, how difficult is that process? Where, wh- what's that look like yeah. for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been really lucky. Uh, my little, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we've got this group chat. We call it. Uh, Jimmy the badass and his, his, his little uh, his little coaching tree or something like that. And like I've been really lucky. I've had phenomenal assistants. I mean, I can my I mean Nate Feldman was my assistant coach. He went on to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Jordan Smith's now Kansas uh-huh. State's women's head coach. Um, whom uh, Daniel Leitner's women's assistant sure. at, at Iowa. Tanner Stumps assistant at, uh, associate head coach at Florida. Matt Langley played for me. He's associate head coach at Arizona State. Um, Sebastian Ray at, at San Diego. And I've been really lucky that these guys are like recruiters. 
um, and and as well. And so we kind of like got the the the, the two headed monster. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is that I am I am the only I think well I'm one of two teams in the conference that only has a graduate assistant. Yeah. As a as an assistant, and so like this weekend at the Blue Gray, I mean <laughs> I'm going to tell my AD. I'm the only guy. I'm the only full-time guy, and I'm going up against two head coaches that are two coaches, and they're full-time, all in. I mean, Kelly, after practices, he's going to class. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's doing homework and projects, um, you know. And so, but um, I don't know. I, I I took a tangent with you there. No, again, it's uh, fair. It's but, just with finding you know, these gems, it's it's so, yeah, it's yeah, tough. I mean, I mean, I mean. Uh, we call ourselves the blue army on the team. And, and I really instill this blue collar, blue collar attitude. I wrote Stein slump 19 times mm-hmm. before he wrote me back. <laughs> and we tease about good. it 19 times without getting in a reply. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, kid, kids, in, kids in the, he comes and he, he, he's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them are, are player references, Pavel Modal, you know, he was he played doubles with Gonzalo Morel back in the day, and, and juniors. I mean, Holis is is tight with with, with Modal. Uh, Holis is tight with and, and Modal are both tight with Horak, and um, you know, so so we've kind of built on those, and we've kind of gone from there. But I mean, we we try like crazy to get uh, American kids. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Middle Tennessee, you know, we're building the brand. The school's getting more and more notoriety. But, um, you know, sometimes we strike out. You know, there's a team that down the road that wears a – I didn't even mention James McKay. You know, he, yeah. he's a former former player of mine as well that wears that ugly orange, but, you know, we won't, <laughs> we won't, we won't hold it against him. So yeah. we, don't, state, we don't plug other schools here on these interviews. Yeah, it's only Middle well, Tennessee. No, they're, they're, they're great <laughs> over there. I, I give them a lot of credit. James is a beast. Mm-hmm. You know, and Paul Goble down the road, too. So it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're not just, com- you know, we're not the only show in town. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with this new uh, new outdoor tennis complex coming online, you know, and then, you know, the team continuing to have more success, you know, we're we're not <laughs> – it's not taking 17 times for somebody to reply it out. Maybe, maybe we're down to like 11. <laughs> no, I like that. So, Again, I think it's a testament uh, to your coaching, by the way, that so many of your former players and, you know, people you've worked with have gone on and, have, you know, continue to be successful college tennis coaches in their next stops. And, you know, again – is there a certain I, I got a bunch of follow-ups here and I don't want to take up too much of your time but uh, was there any of those players who even when they were playing you knew you're like this guy's going to be a coach all of them none of them anyone like I always forget by the yeah. way Tanner was with you beforehand like all again a bunch of people have made that stop and I'm sure by the way there have been times for you when people said hey Jimmy are you interested in this job that job when you've stuck with Middle Tennessee you know, again, what is it about that culture that seems to be producing coach after coach? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I like teaching them. I like kind of mm-hmm. telling them how I do things. And then I always hire somebody. And the one that always I, I kick myself <laughs> all the time is I should have I should have possibly hired Matt, Matt Langley, who's at uh, Arizona State. But I have this thing where I don't want to hire one of my players because they kind of know how I do things already. Like, sure. 
I want a little twist in there, you know, like, and I want them to be, not be afraid to come up to me and be like, coach, you're wrong. I mean, like this weekend at the blue gray, like, I mean, I almost, I almost ripped somebody's head off, you know, and I need, I need it. I need, I need Callie. Who's a phenomenal assistant coach. And, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm already on pins and needles and I'm going to lose him, you know, but that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to train them, set them up, big Sebre, go to San Diego and, and, and be successful and then I, I want them to kind of continue on, and then every once in a while, you know, they throw me a bone. <laughs> you know, hey Jimmy, hey Jimmy, we, you know, we 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 landed this guy. What do you think about you know, call this kid up, check this kid out, and so that's that's really helped me out uh, a lot, and it, and I really enjoy seeing them, you know, be successful. I mean, watching Tanner Stump win that championship last year, I, I mean, I was just as excited as he was. Yeah, no, so for that sure. was really cool. But that's also because he's extraordinarily boring, and he just doesn't get too excited about <laughs> anything. Um, no, but you, you know, it, it's interesting. You talk about again the, that communication between coaches at the same time, and college tennis has always had a very high transfer rate. But the transfer portal has certainly been amplified by this extra year of COVID eligibility, and. I'm curious if that's something you think about now, perhaps more than you used to earlier in your career and how that's impacted how you do things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty flattered actually. You know, I kind of got those three, those three, you know, modal slump Rocha, you know, and, and their loyalty to me and the program that the school, that they're all planning to come back for their fifth year. I mean, how many, how many, you know, schools, you know, whatever you want to label us and use that MM word. No, I'll ban you, it. I'll ban it. You know, from but, here. uh, you know, do the duck quack thing. I know. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, they sit down with me and like, yeah, coach, I, I, I want to come back. You know, you, I, we're, we're, we're successful. You're helping me improve. And I'm like, all right. I mean, awesome. I mean, Chris edge, I mean, the guy just got a hundred singles wins, 101 singles wins. He's got 98 doubles wins and you know kid didn't even bat an eye like why am i gonna leave i stay here i can play out in front of 300 people 300 people in a crowd the kid's a scratch golfer he could have gone to anywhere in the country and played college golf instead (laughs) he wants to stay and play with me and listen to all my bs uh and all my craziness and and stick around so it's 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 kind of cool um, and so I'm flattered that those guys are all coming back. I mean, we're going to be strong again next year, you know, and then, uh, so it's, it's really cool. Um, but, um, you know, um, again, I got off on a tangent. I don't know if I, I no, I think you your, did. Your no, question. it speaks to, again, the transfer portal, your ability. Oh, the transfer connect, portal. That's right. Yeah. To connect <laughs> with these kids. And, you know, again, I'm curious from a recruiting standpoint, you know, word of mouth matters. And so I'm sure your guys are talking to other guys. And is that something – you got a bunch of freshmen this year, obviously. But would you add a piece yeah. or two through the uh, through the transfer portal? Is that something you'd consider? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, I mean, we just lost uh, Marquez. Exactly. You know, the other day to, to St. John's. I mean, you know, we thought that it would be a good one. I mean, six-foot-four lefty. Yeah. <laughs> that's like right up my – that's like right up my Yeah, alley. I was going to say that no uh, one has ever been like, you know what I don't want is the six-foot-four lefty. <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, you know, that one was, that one was interesting. Uh, but you know, we're, we're going to find the right, we're going to find the right guys. I mean, we're probably going to look for two. But yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use the portal. Um, but you know, that making sure that the kid's a really good kid and somebody that I want to, you know, to gel with our team and, and, and be a part of it. 
you know, I, I don't worry about the por- the portal, the portal, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that regard. I mean, I, I wouldn't want anybody to stay at Middle Tennessee if they didn't want to be here, sure. you know. And I also think that the guys recognize like, hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> coaches, coaches stayed. Um, I mean, and they're not they're not dumb to not know that. Yeah, there's been some there's been opportunities for me and our family. But, um, you know, Murfreesboro's been really good to us and our administration's awesome. And, you know, all these fans, I mean, I think there's a couple of fans that would hunt me down and hurt me if, if uh, <laughs> yeah, if I, if I, if I made a move. Yeah, so, when I eventually um, flop here, I think what I'm going to have to do is just come be your assistant for a year. Just do some sort of grad school <laughs> down. Now, again, Sunday church is a particular obstacle for me, but we'll work around it. Uh, yeah, we'll find a way. Okay. Same, same for me. Yeah, I, I always tell everybody my, you know, here in the South, you know, everybody wants to know, you know, what church do you go to? And, um, you know, I always tell them my, my Sundays, I, I'm at the ATC. Yeah, see, uh, that's the equivalent for me when someone's like, oh, are you in a relationship right now? And I say married to the game, married to the game. Like, Come on, what do you guys expect? <laughs> yeah, that's the default. I like that. That's a good one, ATC. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, with all that said again, fun questions down the home stretch here, but under two more serious. Uh, 2019, 2020, 2021 Conference Coach of the Year. 2019, 2021 Conference USA Champions. And I think it's a bit of an assumption, but I think you guys would have won it in 2020 as well. 2019, 2021, you make the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you get a lot of these guys coming back next year. How, you know, again, where this program is at now, competing for NCAA, you know, tournament birth is now the expectation. Conference title, I don't want to say is the expectation, but you guys are right there year in, year out now. How do you sustain that with this group? You know, how do you feel about, you know, getting the program finally there, and how do you sustain that moving forward? Yeah. Um, I I didn't lose you there. No, I I, I, I Uh, hear you, yeah. No. Um, Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I I try not to look too far in advance. Like it's it's really hard because I'm I'm a planner. I mean, you you ask me where I'm supposed to be in you know April 2023, uh, four o'clock. I mean, I could probably give you a pretty good idea. At Tennessee Tech, um, two one up. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, like, you know, I have to kind of bring it down a notch and say, all right, you know really what do I need to do today you know uh, and 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 focusing this group of guys you know you know that the most important moment is right now you know I was really spoiled I had some awesome high school coaches that would you know I'd start you know get too far ahead of myself or or, or the past or the future or whatever and you know like uh everything I, I just I'm like all right I wake up in the morning. I go hit the gym like a like a crazy person at six in the morning. I get done, take my shower, I sit down, and I write down what I got to do today. What am I going to do to get this program just this much better? You know, if it's it's solidify my ball kid program or come up with my promotion for the next match or all right, I got to find one more date for 2023 or whatever it may be. And and I just really believe in the fact that if I am just focused on what I'm going to do right now today make this place this much better i mean today i mean we landed i landed another twenty five thousand uh, dollar donation for the new facility 
Um, and, you know, uh, I went out and met two new people and had coffee with two new people, two coffees today, uh, to try to kind of continue to build my network and more people to kind of get them to come to the matches. And if I just focus on that, you know, the results will come, the, the players will come, the players will get better with practice. You know, we're, this is what we're going to, we're going to achieve today. And, and, you know, maintaining, or I try not to think about maintaining at all because, you know, defending and all that crap. I mean, this year's team is different. Here's different team. I mean, yeah, there's some pieces to it, but cohesively they're totally different, um, you know, uh, holistically as a, as a unit. And so, you know, somebody asked me about defending the title or we're not defending the title. It's that was, that was mooning and mooning and Roush, you know, from last year, this is, this is these guys, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my outlook on it. No, I, the problem is all of that progress and you ruined it by associating with me on this show. So I apologize to you. That's <laughs> not me. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel bad. You know, I, I know we were probably always at a lot of the same places and I've really not, not had a chance to, to kind of catch you and, and get to know you and a little bit, um, you know, because I, I, I'm at NCAAs and all this other stuff. And I've never really got to catch you because, I mean, you're well-connected and I, I kind of keep in my own little circle and do my own little thing. And Counterpoint, I am not in the, I need to get into the Jimmy Bourne Dame badass coaching circle group chat. Like, how am I not in that? That's my bread and butter. Yeah, I um, mean, you know, uh, I know a guy I could probably get yeah. you <laughs> I appreciate that. No, <laughs> I'll tell you this. The majority of the reactions now that I get from coaches who I meet for the first time in person, and it's to a T, to which I ask, why is this the reaction is, oh, you're taller than I thought you'd be. It's like, well, what did you think I'd be? I was like, I'm not some five foot eight wannabe. I'm, I'm, you know, if I had more athleticism, my 16 frame might have made it. Um, but, you know, that, that, it wasn't through willpower. I promise that. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't say anything. I was about to say, well, I mean, I'm the opposite. They look at me and they're like, you're the tennis coach? You kind of look, you kind of look like you could be like a, a little ball. You're like a bowling ball or like a, like a, or maybe a, a tiny fullback of some sort. So. You say, no, I'm a baseball player. I'm a ba- my my yeah. coach growing up always said I'm a hockey player who happens to coach tennis. And it's like, yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, so not the first. All right, again, some fun here down the home stretch. Just some questions for you. I would say rapid fire, but take as long on your response as you'd like. Um, NCAA tournament, fall or spring, which camp are you? Uh, spring. Yeah, keep it as is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Uh, 500 rule, in or out? Uh, oof. Um, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to say no. I think you should schedule it, you know, all out, uh, as tough as possible. I agree. Losses aren't penalized in the ranking system. Wins are rewarded. So why, like, and yet with the 500 rule, that's just counterproductive to me. Should the NCAA tournament winner get a wild card regardless of nationality? Uh, I believe so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you there. Tenet, uh, college tennis, growing it in the future. Focus on the product, focus on the marketing. What's more important? Oof. I mean, you're talking to a marketing guy who's, who's, <laughs> who's, trying, to, who's selling every, trying to sell everything under the sun. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's about the branding, you know, as well, you know, and so, yeah. And, I, and I if I could ask you to expand up. on that one, because I know you are a marketer, 
I'm not going to say what's the one thing you would do, because it's not, it's not that simple, obviously. But are there little things you would like to see, just to amplify, again, all things college tennis? Hmm. Um, boy, uh, it's a loaded question, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so broad uh, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would like to see more coaches you know, just in general, try to make their each home match like an event. You know, I, 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 that's what I do. I mean, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes I go to these mat, I go to these other matches and I'm thinking, man, we're going to the SEC country, you know, and this place is going to be packed. You know, I'm going to have, I mean, we were in the ACC. I'll never forget Virginia Tech. We played Duke and there's two guys dressed in up in full gorilla outfits, you know, like banging their chest and going crazy. And, Sometimes I, I go to these matches and I'm like, "All right, that's that kid's mom, <laughs> that's that kid's girlfriend." And I'm like, you know, this is this is this is this sad. They didn't they didn't make an effort, you know. And and then all of a sudden, you know, at NCAA's, we want to have like this massive crowd and all this following. We want to get it on TV. <laughs> well, you have twenty. Well, maybe twenty. Well, you have ten to twelve of these opportunities to sell your product on your campus. And you can't get, you're not making an all out effort. You know, I don't have a, like a marketing girl, you know, like assigned full time staff person. I give a girl on campus $2,500 out of my budget to help me market the matches and come up with all this crazy stuff that I do and then implement it because I'm on the court. Um, you know, it can be done. And so, in my opinion, we need to, we need to, we need to amp that up and then the rest will follow suit. Um, that's yeah yeah that my two cents no then the community buy-in i think you guys have proven that with that in mind though spirit of that question uh head coach more ceo or tennis coach oh i'm a i I mean (laughs) i believe it's more the ceo uh kind of thing i mean you know uh that's 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 my take on it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just yeah no sorry go ahead well, I just am thinking about like how on a daily basis, like, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to touch base with my marketing intern over here. All right. No, over here, I got to sit down with coach John, Chris and, and Callie to talk about, all right, what we got to achieve in practice. And then every Monday and Thursday, I'm, we're meeting with the fundra- I'm fundraising development staff. Cause all right, we, I got to raise, I got to sell two more court naming opportunities for, for the new facility. And then, uh, oh wait, we also got to touch base with the staff at ATC because summer camps around the corner, and we got to make sure we got all the courts reserved. And and it's like, man, you're juggling so many things in one time. I mean, I mean, I, I remember when I was at Virginia Tech, all I was worried about was recruiting and getting guys better. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's not even that's not even you know twenty percent of the job. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Well, I should. I said that wrong. It is. It is only twenty percent of the job, you know. But when I was assistant at uh, associate, whatever, whatever I was at Virginia Tech, it was, that was that was not eighty to ninety percent of the job. <laughs> sure. You know, that's all I worried about: recruiting and get guys better. Um, you know, you had somebody to do all the travel. I mean, I, I book all the travel still. I mean, it's a pain in my. It's a pain in my ass. Um, that said, yeah. the Delta Platinum. You got to be Delta Platinum at this point. Come on, or something. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. I'm Holiday and Express. So, yeah, I was going to say, you, have not, you haven't had to pay for a hotel room in your spare time in years. Uh, you're just like riding those points. Uh, no, but I, uh, 
yeah, I think what's so fascinating is to see all these coaches again, who are all incredible motivators, tennis coaches, etc. But it's like that's not even the job. Like I wish all I was teaching was, hey, your high backhand. This is how we're going to make this a little bit better, uh, because obviously I know how much goes into it. All right, you talk about again marketing, making the sport a product. I know I've talked about these with other coaches. Want to hear your opinion on these final questions? Substitutions. I think an injury, a match should never end with injury. And you have these benches. If someone gets injured, you sub them out. You put someone in. You finish the match. I think that's an obvious one. But more broadly, oh, well. you're a baseball man. Five, four, in the third. Get the lights going in the ATC. We're bringing in the closer. One substitution. <laughs> all these different things in or out. Wow. Uh... Man, you're 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 coming out of left field with that one. I, I, yeah, oof. I I don't know. I, I I have this traditional streak in me where I'm like, man, you know. I, I, but but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm the guy that's like, all right, just tell me what the rules are and 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 let's roll the balls and let's go. Like I'm I'm not you know I'm not I'm not Mister. Uh, let's debate on uh, on all this stuff. Uh, so I don't know if I give you a good answer there. No, but, what yeah. that says it's is the, the rapid answer... fire. It's the rapid fire. So yeah, exactly. That wasn't a no, is what that tells me. That's not a no. And I feel like the injury one is an easy yes, right? Like if someone rolls an ankle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think that is cool because, I mean, yeah, I've had that happen a couple times. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, yeah, you're like 25 you know, minutes just... in and we're just going to stop this. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I, that one I agree with yeah. 100%. So we'll throw that in there. Another marketing scheme, and you've got a crowd there watching you. Coin flip, out, one point, head coach versus head coach, drop and hit, winner decides the serving arrangements on every court, in or out. <laughs> uh, uh, I would love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, I- uh, I mean, I, I, I'm into college tennis because I love to compete. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. The problem is every, all you coaches chip and charge, and it's can any of you bend down to hit a pass still? And I'm afraid the answer might be no. Well, now, can I chip and charge? Yes, I can chip and charge. Do I let the players chip and chip? <laughs> you know, that's like a... That's a big running joke on our team. Uh, if you chip a return back on my team, I, you might you might get you might be running yeah. uh so so but i say uh i'm too i'm so much older than you but you know uh you chip a ball I'm a, uh, you'll hear me yell chips are for kids <laughs> I don't know, you even know that you even know that commercial well i know tricks are for kids of course but chips are boy is is before my time no i did not know that one i mean we always had our coaches chips are for parties chips are for dip um so you know if you're trying <laughs> to add to the repertoire you can throw those two in there um, I'm gonna take those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can say, "Hey, it's a good guacamole," and I'll be like, "What?" It's like, "Well, I assume that's the dip for that chip." Um, uh, yeah, something silly. Yeah, something silly like that. Um, I like it. I like again, it. this is why you shouldn't associate with me. These puns. Now it's bread and butter here. Uh, my coach used to always say, "Again, uh, Coach Ed Nagel, gotta love him. Gets a lot of love on this podcast." He used to have the stupidest sayings. And now in today's culture, he used to always say when he wanted to talk to you, and he used to call me Frisky. He'd go, Frisky, step into my office. Nowadays, if you ask someone to step into your office, I'd be like, that's weird. Like, no, I'm not stepping into your office. And it was just like him walking up to him at the net. Um, but B, the other one was three things you never do. You never spit into the wind. 
You never tug on Superman's cape, and then you never, and it would be whatever point he was trying to make. Like, you never lob down the line against the wind in whatever situation. That was always the third thing. It was like, you knew those three setups were coming. Uh, I, I like this guy. <laughs> I do the, I, I almost do the exact same thing. Uh, sorry, I was switching my ear things no. for a second. Uh, I, I do the opposite. I'm like, all right, all right. yeah, I, I go, A, you know, you, you were, you, you missed your, 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 what should you be doing on this shot? A, looking at the crowd, the girls in the crowd, <laughs> B, fix your hair, or C, and they're all like, C, they start yelling C right away. Yeah. Like, how they know exactly what am I trying to say? You're not supposed to chip your forehand return, you know? <laughs> So, it would also uh, be. I, li- I like your coach. You know, I to like get your things coach. going, it could be you know whatever. It's a live feed game, two up, two back, and it's eighteen eleven, and then you win a really good point for eighteen twelve, and go eighteen twelve. That could be the turning point. And it's like in reality on these podcasts, I'm just doing a really poor, imp- a good impression of him. I should say a much more intellectual impression of him. Uh, but it's just that's where I get all my material <laughs> from. Is what he's been doing four to six every Sunday for 25 years now. And so, uh, yes, yeah, with all of that said, yeah, uh, again, I appreciate you giving me as much time as you had. My final question, when, you know, other players, coaches, fans of college tennis watch your team compete this season, what do you want the takeaway to be? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm a Midwest guy. I, I, you know, years ago I, I told myself, all right, well, what kind of team do I – I want to have and 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 I want to have a a blue collar kind of type of team that's why blue army fit in perfect for for being the blue raiders you know um and uh you know we 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 uh we work our ass off and the team you know they they've actually really become like a little mini showmen they uh you should see like uh you know they turn it around and roar the crowd and and um, yeah, I think um, you know, men they, they they compete like crazy, and Lord knows, I mean, this weekend, uh, you know, we we definitely we definitely you know leave the place thinking, man, that team plays with a lot of spirit, um, you know. So that those, I think that would that would sum it up. Yeah. No, uh, again. Clearly, you look at the weekend, and I know Arizona, a team that brings the noise and brings the energy as well. You guys 4-0 them, and, you know, again, 4-1 in your other two matches. Blue-gray title winners, 14-3 overall on the year. Top 20 right now in the ITA rankings. That's a testament to the success you and your guys have had. And, again, what was it, 4-1 last year, first round against Ohio State? If you watch that match, you know how close it was. You know how good that team you have is, and it's a lot of familiar faces. They're really fun to watch compete. I know we're going to get the chance to do that a lot this season. So, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations on the title. Uh, and, yes, again, I'm getting down there. The beer's on you. The, good, the, the one thing I will say that makes me so sad, and even for Michigan matches, is I can never be a partisan college tennis fan again. Like, that I never get that experience moving forward is actually my, like, biggest regret about this because, like, if I cheer against you, you'll be like, Alex, what are you doing? And I'll be like, no, 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 no. I just, you know, come on. That's my, it's like, that is the thing I will miss, but I love being in that atmosphere. And I know you guys have it at the ATC. So uh, looking forward to getting down there. And again, congrats on all the success. Yeah. Well, let me know when you, you know, when you plan on coming. Uh, I got a place for you to stay. You got your own, you got your own 
my folks have a place here. You got your own place to stay. Nice big house. Well, beers on me. And um, yeah, we got to get you some uh, Middle Tennessee gear. To be honest, ah. see you sporting some of these other shirts. So, are you are you uh, you a medium or are you? A- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids large, kids large. Uh, yeah, I'm five foot, I'm five foot one. Um, no, yes, I will say this jawline though is TV ready. Uh, but no, as always, Coach, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and yeah, be safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you more soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's uh, fun talking with you and getting to know you. Looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely. Take care, Coach. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Middle Tennessee men's tennis head coach Jimmy Borendame. A huge thank you to Coach for taking the time to chat. A huge thank you to him for his patience in the release of this episode as well. Again, I do apologize for the poor audio. No other way to say it at the end of that show. That's why we have had to update our equipment here at Crack Rackets moving forward. Nevertheless, we have done so to ensure that that never happens again because obviously we don't want to subject your ears to that quality of audio moving forward. That said, rest assured, we got plenty more content for all of you listeners across our Crack Rackets channels. Of course, if you're a pro tennis fan right now, your eyes turn to all things Indian Wells. We're breaking down each day's play over on our mini break podcast feed. Of course, if you're looking for more college tennis content, turn to our Great Shot podcast feed every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We break down everything happening in Division I women's college tennis. You can find those episodes in podcast form on Wednesday. Of course, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, we talk about the Division I men. You can find those as Great Shot podcasts as well. On Friday, we talk Challengers Mondays on the GSP. Eventually, I'll get Colette Lewis on. I promise to talk about the latest developments as I know there have been many at the junior level as well. And then here on the Cracked Interviews podcast, I know we've talked a lot of college tennis lately here on this show. I got to get back to interviewing some pros. I got to get back in press rooms. That's my promise to all of you listeners. I will be doing that moving forward. Uh, But of course, for now, again, if you're looking for the latest and greatest developments throughout the tennis world, go to our website, crackedrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast feed, Great Shot Podcast feed, and our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel to ensure that you don't miss out on any of the action. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. A shout out as well to our friends at Swing Vision. And again, to learn more about their article official intelligence for your tennis. Just click on the link in the description to this podcast. With all that said, for our fantastic guest, Middle Tennessee men's tennis head coach Jimmy Bourne, Dame Super Producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk more soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>